0: Welcome to The Saga. We appreciate you joining us. This podcast delivers the best hard-hitting analysis of every topic you can think of. Here is your host.
1: Welcome to The Saga. I am your host, Tedra Eberhart Lee, and I just want to thank you all for tuning in today. Um, first of all, I would like to just send prayers out to everyone during this crisis i know that it is a tough time but we all shall get through this and continue to be the wonderful and beautiful and successful human beings that we are Um, this podcast episode is about financial wealth and my mission is to help families to create another generation of wealth As you know, lower class and middle class people, you know, we've been taught to go out and work for our money. Well, today, I'm going to discuss some things on how you can save and also create wealth, you know, because they track how much money we spend rather than how much money we save. So what is financial wealth? Financial wealth is as well, you know, there is this, uh, this big myth that's going on about financial wealth. What exactly is financial wealth? And that myth is that it is calculated by the amount of money an individual collects. Well, in actuality, it's, um, calculated by the number of years of financial freedom that is collected. Now, what is financial freedom? Financial freedom is the status of having enough income to pay one's life. Expenses, living expenses, excuse me, for the rest of one's life. Let me repeat that. Financial free- freedom is the status of having enough income to pay one's living expenses for the rest of one's life without having to be employed or dependent on others. So basically it means having enough savings, investments and cash on hand to afford the lifestyle that you want for yourself and your family. Now let's get to the good stuff. If you have a pen and paper, you know, this would be a great time to um, get the pen and paper handy. And also, if you you don't have a pen and paper, just use your laptop, notepad, iPhone, all that electronic stuff that we have going on in 2020. That 5G, is that 5G? Well, anywho, so write this down. The three principles of wealth the three principles of wealth. So number one, save as much money as you can, as fast as you can. I'm gonna repeat that. Save as much money as you can, as fast as you can. Number two, the acronym GOOD, G-O-O-D. Meaning, get out of debt. Yes, get out of debt as fast as you can. And number three, protect the wealth you have not yet created. This is very important. Number three, protect the wealth that you have not yet created. All right, so how does money work? Okay, growing up, you know, your, your your parents, your mom and dad told you, hey, you're going to have to get a job. You know, go out there and work for your money. Go make some money. Open and go to your local bank. Open up your a checking and savings account. Okay, you open up your checking account to help, you know, to write, to pay the bills. You Use your checking account to pay your bills. Savings account. Is basically that you would probably use as an investment, something that you want to you want to save money. You know, we've been taught to save money to take trips, you know, get a car, blah blah blah. But did you know that when you
2: go to your local bank and open up a savings account, yes, they pay
1: you interest on that money that you put in that account but then they take that money and lend it to others at a higher interest rate than what they are paying you not only do they lend the money out but they also invest the money in the money market where they can get an average of at least
2: 12% of their investment. Now, what you need to do is become an owner and not a loner.
1: That's something you need to write down. Become a loner, excuse me, become an owner and not a loner. So, what do I mean by this? As I stated, the banks take your money and loan it to other people. So basically, you're giving the banks your you're loaning the bank, bank your money so that they can loan it to other people or so they can use your money and invest it. So would I say become an owner, not a loaner, you want to exclude the banks. so There is this bankers rule that is called the rule of 72. That's something you also, you need to write down rule of 72. Rule of 72 is something they say Albert Einstein created, but I don't know. But before we get into that, we are going to go to a commercial
2: break. So just sit back. And relax and
0: we'll cut to a commercial in five, four, three, two.
2: Having technical
0: difficulties.
2: All right, and thank you. For tuning in, we are back.
1: And I am your host, Tedra Eberhart Lee, and this podcast is focusing on financial wealth. Before we cut to the commercial break, I was discussing the rule of 72, which is the rule of 72 is basically taking the number 72 and dividing the interest rate. So That's 72 divided by the interest rate. So when you go to your bank, open up a savings account, they pay you an interest of, let's say, between 1% to 3%. I mean, it's really not that high. But if you want to just check your savings account, if you have a savings account, check and see what your interest rate is. And I'm pretty sure it is below 3%. But in this case, we're going to say 4%. So, you're taking, taking 72 divided by 4, which gives you 18. So, basically, the rule of 72 is 72 divided by 4, and this will give you the approximate number of years it will take for your investment to double. So, 72 divided by 4 is 18 let's say you go to the bank and you deposit five thousand dollars into your savings account you leave this money in there you don't touch it you just it's it's just sitting there so you have five thousand dollars at an interest rate of four percent you take 72 divided by four which is 18. so it will take 18 years before that $5,000 can reach $10,000. So 18 years before that $5,000 will reach to $10,000. Now, let's look at the banks. As I mentioned before, the bank, you now deposit this $5,000, so the bank is now taking your $5,000 and investing in it into the money market, which is averaging at least 12%. So you have 72 divided by 12, which gives you six. So it will only take the bank six years for that 5,000 to reach 10,000. While it's taking you 18 years for you to reach 10,000. So you trickle on down to another for another 18 years. So in 36 years, it would take your $5,000 to reach $20,000 in 36 years. Whereas the bank is now at 320,000 because remember their investment is doubling every six years. So Now the bank has 320,000, they owe you 20,000. So now the bank has profited $300,000. This is where you want to, this is number one where you want to save as much money as you can, as fast as you can. You do this by investing your money into that money market. That is averaging 12%. You want to skip, The banks exclude the banks. You want to become an owner, not a loaner. Remember that: become an owner, not a loaner. All it takes is twenty-five dollars to start up your own investment account. It's very easy. It's not that it's not that difficult to start up an investment account. You don't have to have so much money to start an investment account just $25. So that covers number one, saving as much money as you can, as fast as you can. We want our money to work for us. We don't want to continue to work for money. We want our money to work for us. So by investing money into that money market, that's averaging up to about 12%, your money will work for you. So let's discuss good. Number two, G-O-O-D, get out of debt. Now, a lot of people assume that you have to consolidate your loans to get out of debt. You don't have to do that. When getting out of debt, it's all about knowing who to pay and how much to pay. Remember that, knowing who to pay and how much to pay. That's... It's really simple. So all you have to do is just basically it's what it's, it's called debt stacking, debt stacking, write that down. But debt stacking, we're not going to go into detail, further detail about that. We'll discuss that in another podcast. But getting out of debt, it's all about knowing who to pay and how much to pay. All right. Number three. Protect the wealth you have not yet created. Protect the wealth you have not yet created. Simpler terms, income protection. So what do I mean about income protection? Life insurance. So ask yourself, is your wealth generational? If something were to happen to you, would your family be secured? Would your family's future be secured if something happened to you? Now, experts say that you should have at least eight to 10 times of coverage as your annual salary. So let's say if you make about $40,000 annually, you should at least have 320,000 coverage in life insurance. Now, if you can't afford that, No problem. Just as long as you get some life insurance, especially outside of your job. I hear a lot of people saying, I have life insurance through my job. I have life insurance through my job. Okay. During this crisis, you know, unfortunately a lot of people lost their jobs. And guess what? They also lost that life insurance policy. Because when you have life insurance, through your job, that's a group life insurance, meaning that your employer owns that life insurance. You don't own it, you don't own it. So this is why you actually don't get a copy of that policy. You don't. Go to your employer and ask them for a copy of the policy. They're not gonna give you a copy of the policy. They'll probably tell you what type of life insurance you have and that's something you also need to see, check out because a lot of employers do um, accidental supplemental life insurance. So you need to check out and see which type of group life insurance that you do have. So it's, it's very important to have life insurance outside of your job. Now, when looking at life insurance, there are two types. You have your cash value and you have your term life. Your cash value, life insurance are your whole life's universals those policies tend to be a little bit higher as far as the premium with lower coverage cash value have higher premiums and lower coverage as far as term life you have higher coverage with lower
2: premium the reason why life insurance is not an investment life insurance
1: is there just in case of the unexpected life insurance is not an investment when you those cash value policies they approach you in a way as far as oh you can use this policy as well as as an investment meaning that you get a cash value but you also have to do your research as far as when does that cash value kick in? Because sometimes it doesn't kick in until after two years. So for, a, let's, for example, you have um, John and Mary, you have this couple, John and Mary. They have um, cash value policy that is, have a total coverage of $150,000, that's $75,000 each with a monthly premium of $114. Now, you take this same couple, term life, they get more coverage, let's say 500,000, 250,000 each, for $66 a month. The, premium, the monthly premium is $66. So, you have the 114 cash value, monthly payment with lower coverage and you have the 66 monthly payment with more coverage so if they were to change that cash value policy and and get a term life policy you subtract that 114 minus 66 which gives you 48 dollars so they are saving 48 dollars and also, they have more coverage. So, but instead of putting that into a savings account, they need to invest that money into the money market that is averaging the 12% interest rate. So, they want to take that $48 and invest it into the money market, whereas an average of 12%. Because we, like, it all goes back to.
2: We want our money to work for us and not our money being loaned out to the banks. We want
1: to create generational wealth. And with these three steps, these three principles, you can create generational wealth. And those three principles are, once again, Save as much money as you can, as fast as you can. The acronym good, G-O-O-D, meaning get out of debt. And number three, protect the wealth you have not yet created. That's very important. Protect the wealth you have not yet created. So... Well, that is the three principles of wealth. And I really hope that this information will give you a vision of change. And if you have any questions or would like to give feedback regarding this podcast, please email thesadaatl at gmail.com. That's T-H-E-S-A-G-A-A-T-L at gmail.com. And I cannot end this podcast without letting you all know that my management team is always looking to hire financial coaches. If you or if you know anyone that is interested in becoming a financial coach, please have them to call 678-622, I was about to give out somebody else's number. (laughs) 678-558-5322. That's 678-558-5322. Thank you for tuning in into my very first podcast. I was excited. I'm so excited. Um, I look forward to reaching out to you all again. Um, just look forward to, uh, our next pod, my next podcast, who knows what that might that tough, that topic might be. So, um, yeah, I hope you
2: liked it and be safe, be good.
0: Loved what you've read on this episode. Well, the answer is simple. It would mean a lot if you could spread the word. This is the best way to grow our podcast. Thank
2: you.